Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very normal episode of Sheen Partners. There we go. Two dudes in a room recording a podcast <laughs> that was meant for two dudes <laughs> to be in a room and not just one dude terrified, is it, is alone, it? staring at a blank wall, hoping for the best and expecting the worst. <laughs> is it is it nice having someone to talk back to? Oh my gosh. You know, because I did not because I didn't really know how to edit it. I'm going to be honest. I did not know how to like <laughs> You tried to do it in one take, didn't I you? I did it all in one take. That was all that's so if you listen to the the last episode, we had to our <laughs> last episode. I don't know if you can call it an update. The last uh thing that I released for the same partners because we had that massive snowstorm and Chris literally couldn't get to the house. So um, I recorded it all by myself and it was terrifying. It was just because I didn't know how to like edit in different parts of it. So I would get halfway through and be like, man, that sounded really dumb. And so I recorded it. That was my third attempt. I think that was my third attempt. Yes. The first two, I was like that, that sounded that can't do that. That was too sad. <laughs> it was a couple of it was just really sad ones. I was like, well, I'll just I'll just talk. It was great. And then be okay with it. I uh couple of notes. Um mm. one, uh keep me out of your mouth. How dare couple you? Couple of notes. <laughs> Jesus. Uh no, that was very kind of you to say those things. I just I did want to acknowledge that and not they my were very European ways were of honest. being like you're oh, uh, gonna deflect. No, no, no. They were it was all honest. Honest. Um, you're you're a gorgeous editor man. Gorgeous has been my word of the day. Is it? Yeah. So you, you fit uh, into that category. You definitely showed your age by saying go to www. Instead of going, go to patreon.com slash scene partners. I will for sure tell you that I said, dub. wait, you, du- I, did I you say said each W individual? I said WW. I yeah. said WW. I said W. It doesn't matter. I didn't say who w. speaks like that. Who goes w- http w. colon backslash backslash. <laughs> I speak that way. And it can I be gave triple the triple W dot. I gave the legit address. What else do you want from me? Okay. All right. I was just like, we could have. Oh my God. Is that an old person thing? I mean, how long have you been on the internet? Well, since the beginning. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is that um, not what other have other people not been on the internet since and, the beginning and i say kids have I not been on the internet i think about that the, the other day that there is just an entire like not just a generation but a couple of generations of people that are just like this is all they've known yeah they'll never know that's insane to me too i mean even even just like i watched um I watched that Steve Carell movie, Irresistible, I think is what it's called, mm-hmm. and uh, it was on HBO Max. And um, they they were they were like they had a moment where he walked in and there was the sound of dial up, and he was like, "What is that?" <laughs> like it's dial up, and he said, "I know what it is." And all the like the young people in there that were standing around, and they were like, "What is dial up?" I'm like, "Oh my god." Yeah, like they have no idea what it what it feels like to use all those AOL free memberships that you get in the mail. <laughs> those Juno thing, like, oh, here, look, you have Juno. Oh my god, ten hours on the internet. Juno, that was actually that was probably my first. That was my first email. Juno, yeah, nice. 
Because you had to set up an email to use the little free disc that they'd send you in the mail. I forgot all about that. Yeah. It was Juno or Judo? Juno. Juno. Judo is when you fight. The only reason I remember that it was Juno was because when the film came out years later, I had that like connection to it. Yeah. That's so crazy. Man, this last this last week, so I I feel very fortunate in the way that, you know, Louisiana celebrates Mardi Gras and that's awesome. Yeah. But my school in particular, I guess, really celebrates it because we get a full week off. Now, what I didn't (laughs) expect was that my entire week would be me like staring at my ceiling. Yeah. Waiting for just like the floodgates to open up because of, you know, all of these ice dams that were happening across Louisiana. And I just, I don't know how, but I feel so fortunate that we did not have a single leak at our house. I do not know how it's possible because I feel like we are the only one. Now, I will say a lot of our friends were not as fortunate um, or pretty much all of our friends weren't as fortunate with their house. But then also, you know, the Fox Theater that we that we uh, or that Lexi runs, it was it was real sad. We walked in there and we were like fingers crossed the whole way and we walked into the lobby and I will say that it I feel fortunate in the fact that the leaks that happened weren't over the entire building and they were not over anything super expensive yeah but it it kind of destroyed the lobby of the theater and that was that was Mm. really hard in the in the balcony the VIP section up there the top that's like you know the best place to watch that that kind of it got hit pretty hard but all the actual equipment thankfully was safe thank goodness oh my gosh yeah there was a leak right next to the in the light booth like in the not the light booth but in the lighting room where the dimmer packs are the oh yeah lights oh no there was a leak three inches away from the dimmer pack that was just like falling and i walked in there was like holy mercy oh my gosh and the the table it's basically a platform that these dimmer packs are that are, are on is screwed to the floor. Yeah. And I couldn't even see where the screw was. I was like, did they screw it in from the bottom? Because I couldn't even unscrew and move it, so I just covered <laughs> the dimmer packs and trash bags. It was like, nobody turned this on. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was that was something. Well, it's crazy because as far as I can remember, and I, I'm sure you've experienced similar things maybe in Chicago and, and even in Oklahoma, because I know that they get some crazy weather sometimes yeah, up there. We, we, we had blizzards like every year I was in college. Yeah. We had a blizzard. And then like three or four days later, it'd be 70 degrees out in Oklahoma, which yeah. is what's nuts. But I do like it's never as far as I can remember living here, it's never been this cold for this long. Yeah, it was strange to... So I mean, we got I, hit by two Arctic, pla- and you know, normally we don't get hit by the Arctic winds. Mm-hmm. We have that Pacific sort of, you know, that that I don't. The, the wind currents come from the. Pacific Look, I'm going to agree with you, but I don't know any of this oh, well, information okay. that you're saying. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like basically I'm talking to a weatherman at this moment. I don't know how you know all this information. I took a meteorology class. <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. Oh, that's right. Louisiana College has a meteorology program. That's right. Um, but uh, I, it's very unusual for. Arctic wind and Arctic weather to come fr- this far south, really. Yeah. And, you know, so you can sometimes get it maybe in like the Dallas, kind of the Shreveporty areas there, but never here and for well, this long. I think this year, when you think, well, Lexi and I were talking about this, and the last time that we can remember there being a massive, I, I didn't live here then, but I just remember, like, you know, my family 
uh, reaching out and talking to me and then me laughing. So it's like I couldn't even find my car today on the street because <laughs> there was so much snow and people were like, it iced and we can't go anywhere for a week. Um, but it is. But that was the last major hurricane. Yeah. And I feel like this year we had, you know, I mean, we had two big hurricanes and then we had a massive winter. Yeah. Well, in, in the past two years, uh, truthfully, we've had several tornadoes and we never oh, yeah. have tornadoes in this area i mean a tornado hit hit my school yeah and and then we have this massive hurricane that hits you know and in december yeah it was in december that the school got hit oh that's true yes that's right which um, is just why you know you, i guess i just don't think about tornadoes being a winter experience mm-hmm and then you know all through all through the summer and springy, and then we had the massive hurricane. Just don't even and now we have. This. I just really love the fact that you said summer and springy, summer and springy. <laughs> <laughs> what the springy? Well, you know, springtime. You know. I know. I just really enjoyed that. I just imagined like springy the bunny you know, hopping I'm trying in, to, like be creating new hip like, things you to know, say, like on the summer when it's all and springy, the, springy. the summies and the springies. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just crazy to see that we're having all of these extreme weather patterns in this area. Well, and I kind of think that just with the way that climate change is and everything, that this is just the way, like, I'm almost just thinking this is, this is what to expect Mm -hmm. moving forward is that there's obviously a shift in weather patterns and what we're going to be experiencing. It's going to be different than it ever has been. And so maybe this is just something that we expect every year or every other year yeah you know i mean it, it's it has made me consider getting a whole house generator uh yeah i bet, I bet oh my <laughs> something gosh. i never thought i'd think of so saying i i would have so many times i almost just drove to your house it was so and, and i i considered it and reconsidered it like a hundred times and I just didn't want to pull up to your house and then you be like, I'm not going anywhere. I just imagined you like <laughs> Granny Clampett or something in a rocking chair on the front porch being like, it's just a winter experience. It'll go. It'll be warm up soon. Leave me alone. Get out of here. No, like, shoot I did. me with a BB gun or something. And so I just kept holding off and I was like, you know what? He is a responsible, mature man. And if he needs help, he will reach out. And I cannot believe... I mean, like the day that Lexi and I went to her dad's and we were leaving, like we had dropped some stuff off for him from the grocery store. And I, I was like, we're, we're going to go pick up Chris. I don't care. We're just going to go get him. And you had te- I texted you and you texted me like, I just left. Somebody else picked me up. And yeah. I was like, well. I had another friend do like I'm not even upset that somebody else beat me to the punch <laughs> because you need to go somewhere else. And your house was 34 degrees. It was 34 degrees on the inside. Oh um, god. I I did well regardless. I I have I'm very fortunate to have friends like you guys in my life and this other you guys, guy. You guys, I didn't show up. No, the fact that you would even <laughs> consider doing it. it um but, but Corey had just kind of beaten you to the Corey, punch. Corey Corey wins all the points. He uh he showed up and he was like, "Hey, get in the truck." I was like, what? What did, dude? Yeah. You can't stay here. You well, gotta I don't go. know what it says about you that all of your friends just know that instead of asking, that they just have to show up and pull you out of your house. Yeah. <laughs> My God, I I feel so like I'm terrified. Of what you're going to be like when you're old? I mean, old. Uh, well, yes, you, that is one thing that we know for a fact. I'll you probably look, still look like this. You will look. The, you'll look my age. 
you'll look two years older. My hair will be a lot grayer than yours. You're going to be in the nursing home. People are going to think that you just got out of college. I'd be like, oh, look at the new, the new, he, he's working here. Is he the intern? <laughs> Go get the PA. <laughs> but uh, an interesting thing, so we, you know, we record this podcast. We we were doing so good in the beginning of being so ahead of things. Yeah. You know, before we released the podcast, we actually recorded, we had, I, I don't six podcasts. Yeah, I think we had like six in the bank and then we continue to go forward. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either. I mean, clearly... A lot, at least six <laughs> things worth, and so now we're just like every week. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and some of that I kind of like because we get to talk about what's happening as it happens. Yeah. And so it feels a little bit more or- organic, I guess that way. Yeah. But it also is just super stressful. It feels like like all right, all right, well this has to happen like Monday or Tuesday because Chris is gonna like have no time to edit any of this. And if we don't do that, then we can't meet. Like, <laughs> it's really not that bad. I mean, we we have the the fortune, or, or I guess I really have the the fortune of having the time to sit down and edit it. And we have like the tracks, and I don't try to get it all done in one take. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think that we do. I know that you do. That there is a lot of the editing that I don't see, but we pretty much. I I feel like that other people's podcasts are recorded differently than ours, and I thought about that the other day because you and I, I feel like, have a natural flow to our conversations yeah. most of the time, and we sit down and we record the podcast and we have a good time, but for the most part, I mean, it might be like a couple of minutes that go by, but I think oh, yeah. most people sit down and they just record forever. Yeah. And they take what works. Yeah. And I think that the editing process for a lot of other people's is way more in, like involved as far as like, I'm going to cut out 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, it, it makes no sense to me because when I listen to podcasts now, I can hear those cuts and they're really oh, harsh. I can hear them on Dax Shepard's so, so much. Yes. It's like, oh, whoa. Okay. That's. That was a cut, like right there in the middle of that sentence. That's interesting. And I never, I never noticed it before until we started doing ours. Mm-hmm. And really, the only things that I typically cut, I would say that ninety eight percent of what we record makes it into the show. The only thing I really cut are things that are superfluous. Maybe the dogs barked in the background or yeah. pauses. Oh my gosh! Just to keep a, the flow we are going. Definitely a house of dogs at the moment. <laughs> I don't know what is. I don't know what happened. It's just like it. Ha- <laughs> There's a pandemic. The pandemic <laughs> brought on. We're like, we're gonna get another dog. We need more pets. Ernie needs a friend. <laughs> Ernie needs. So we have another podcast dog, Ernie and Margot. She's cute though. So it was interesting because I went to, like I said, my buddy Corey's house, and he has two kids that are very very small. And it was so cool watching them experience any of this for the first time. Yeah. But with no, I guess they didn't really have like the discourse that we would have towards it where it's like, this is miserably cold. This yeah. is awful outside. My yard is going to be well, nasty they don't, for they weeks. They don't think about the fact that like, oh, the ceiling could give yeah. way from the weight or I'm going to have flooding and we're going to have drywall damage. And like the yard is going to be like a marsh for the next yes. three weeks because... We only have two days of sunshine, and then it's going to rain for another week and a half. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, like, it, it was so cool to watch them have this sense of wonder about it. Yeah. And it made me just think about, like, wa- watching shows for the first time mm-hmm. and seeing them and experiencing them 
And like when you don't know anything about a show, when you go and you watch it, and you're just like in that, I almost call it like the 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 you get like this uh, like sheen over your eyes, and you can't yeah, like 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 wonderless. Yeah, it, like you can't stop discovering all the things that are happening on stage at any given time, and that's what I love about theater is that it's not like. It's not like you can replicate the experience of seeing something. Yeah. And and going through it the first time, then it made me kind and of it will like, never be the same again. Yeah. It made me sad because it also made me think, like, what are some shows that I would love to experience again, mm-hmm. knowing nothing about? And it was just one of, I don't know. It, it was so cool just watching sort of them go through all of this and, yeah. and and it made me think like well i wonder what shows cody would like to see again for the very first time or experience oh my gosh you know what what's kind of odd uh the first thing that popped into my head was uh three sisters mm. and i watched that that was the first show that i saw that kind of made me that made me think you know what i should leave Louisiana and experience different worlds. Yeah. You know, um, I, I was going to college here. I was going to, to um, LSUA because I, I never planned on going to college. I don't know if I've ever talked about that before on here. And if I have, I'm sorry, but I, I never planned on going to college ever. Yeah. And if you saw my ACT score, you would know that I never planned <laughs> on going to college, like fell asleep in the math section and did not care. I was like, well, whatever. I don't care. What what is it? If like you a remember 14 your or 15, score. something like that. I don't I don't even know. I don't uh, know. It might have been like a 16 or 17. I don't even know. Yeah. I I have no idea. It was not good enough to get into college. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. And um so I without like having to retake it anyway. So I um I didn't go straight into college. I took a year off. And then I went in, I, I realized, you know what, I want to do, I, I do want to, I want to do theater and I want to do it, it smart. Yeah. But I couldn't get in anywhere because of my ACT score. <laughs> right. I was like, man, I really did not think this through. So I went to LSUA and, um, cause I don't even think that they required a certain ACT score there at the time. I think they do now. Yeah. But I think at the they time, do now. It was different. And so I started there and then it actually was was really, you know, things always work out, I think, the way that they're supposed to. It was yeah. the perfect thing for me because there's no way that right out of high school I was mature enough to jump into, like, a serious theater program. Yeah. And that I and, and to discover exactly what I wanted. I mean, it, it made it to where whenever I did go to OCU that, like, I knew that even though I, I still made mistakes and wasn't, you know, a perfect human... It, it made it to where I, I was ready for it in a, in a sense that I knew that it was important and that, you know, it was it it was something that I, I needed to do. Yeah. And um, I had gone up there uh, to OCU and saw Three Sisters and I watched that show. I'd never seen Chekhov before and I hadn't read any of his stuff. And um, that show, it was just even though it was a college production, it was so amazing. Yeah. And Lance Marsh directed it. And I just like fell in love with him. And on the instant he like walked, I I saw him like, he was like a celebrity because I loved the show so much. It was like this, when I saw him in the lobby afterwards and my friend CJ was like, Hey, that's, that's, uh, 
that's Lance. He's the director of the program. He directed the show. I it, I looked at him like he was. It's like I ran into Lawrence Olivier or something. You know, I just <laughs> I thought he was so brilliant. There were so many aspects of that show that it was directed and staged in a way that I had never seen before. Yeah, and it was a brand new experience of theater that and and a caliber of theater that I hadn't seen. And I'm not saying that the theater here is not awesome. Yeah. I do think that we we have some great stuff that happens here. Of course we don't have we have things that aren't great that happen here, but that show is just different. You know, not a lot of people do classical theater here yeah, in any no. way. And Chekhov, even though it's not like Shakespeare, it is still considered classical theater. Mm-hmm. And it just it felt so contemporary. Yeah. And I had never seen anybody I mean, we had done Shakespeare on the Green at LSUA, but I had never seen anybody take like a classical text like that and completely turn it on its head and just make it into something that felt and sounded so relevant. Yeah. And it, I, I just still to this day, if I, if I think about a three sisters production in the professional world that I've seen, I would say that that production at that, at, at my alma mater was, was better than anything I've ever seen. And I don't know if it's just because it was the first, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if I just have that like bias against it or, or what, but it was just so good. I, I remember, I don't know if, are you familiar with that show, Three Sisters? Not really. Well, it's a lot of people really wanting to go to Moscow. Okay. Um, and that's all they talk about for the most point, uh, most part, but it is heartbreaking. Of course, it's Chekhov. And, but there's this moment at the end, or, oh, I'll tell you this one part. There's this part where there's this, these two people and they're having an affair and they're in this party scene and the entire time, they're talking about whether or not the other person wants some tea. It's a very easy situation. Yeah. You know that they're having an affair. Yeah. That's kind of been established. And the guy looks at the girl and he says, so uh, are, are you, uh, would, would you like some tea? She's like, oh, some tea. I could maybe go for some tea. Not here, but some tea outside. I mean, it was like a 10-minute conversation about this tea. And the entire time, I felt like I was just... It was hilarious. It was so funny because we all knew what they were talking about. Because the subtext was so clear. Mm -hmm. But if I would have read that, I would have never... I would have never thought that. If I would have just read it on the page. It was just so brilliant. And then she... the, The person that she's having an affair with... um he is going to be sent away to to go to Moscow or something yeah. where she wants to go so bad. And um, the husband that she has, who's a, a teacher, I believe, if I'm remembering the show correctly, um, he's kind of lame. He's just a lame guy. He's not very interesting, but he loves this woman so much. And he ends up challenging this guy to a duel. Anyway... Long, long, long story short, the end of the show, she is having to say goodbye to this lover. And he is basically like, this was just like, I mean, I loved what we had, but what we had is in the past and I'm moving forward to the future Mm. and living in the present. And she's just left there realizing that she was throwing away everything she had for something that was so temporal. Mm -hmm. And 
the way that the stage was, it's a three quarter thrust and it had two voms. So there was like a, there was audience and you know, you could enter through these like little caves underneath. And there were two, um, two alleys. I'm trying to like describe this in a way that it actually makes sense. I'm sorry. It's taking me a minute. Anyway, you're watching those two guys or the, the guy and the girl, he's going to leave. And, Right over my shoulder, I noticed that something was close to me because I was sitting on the aisle and I looked up and the entire scene when he is leaving her and she's falling to pieces for the first time and breaking down, the husband is watching the entire thing and he's standing in the aisle right next to me. And it just like, when I noticed that, I mean, and I will be honest, the guy that was playing the husband was not a particularly great actor. It was all direct. The the direction of it was just so brilliant and probably about where I was sitting and just like the realization for me. And then right when I realized he was there, she looked up and locked eyes with him and realized that he had seen the whole thing. And it just I, I just saw the power in what you could do as a director. Yeah. With such a simple like moment, just a little moment. Mm hmm. And it wasn't necessarily written to be that way. Like in the script, it's just, you know, dude enters when this is done. And he says, you know, I I may not be exciting, but I love you more than anything. And and I'm sorry that I'm the way that I am. I wish I I wish I was more interesting. Yeah. And that's the scene. But it just the direction made it this huge moment. I just still to this day when I think about it, it just gives me goosebumps. But. Anyway, so I'd say three sisters. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I do really. That makes me think about Chekhov. So, my God, I just would love to. Would love to do. But I love that, like, Chekhov. like the the show could have almost been about anything, but having that that storyline of like the affair stick out so yeah. much for the payoff at the end mm-hmm. is so strong. Well, and, and then and you also. You as the audience member, the way that they played with, you know, Chekhov is all about subtext. Oh, God, yeah. And the way that they played with the subtext, and to be honest, to to Lance's credit, he was so smart. He taught an entire class at school about Chekhov, and it was one of my favorite classes. Mm. I will say it was one of the hardest classes I had ever taken in any really anywhere i mean i i just remember on like page 39 of my character analysis for chagorin i was like i hate theater (laughs) (laughs) like three in the morning and i'm on page 39 of a character analysis i'm like this is ridiculous i do not know what i'm doing with my life and that was everybody yeah we were all in the same pancake house yeah but it just he the way that he taught subtext and made it all of all, the whole scene and the whole like the the show about something things that weren't said. Yeah. Do you think about classical theater? It was all about you, you couldn't break down the social barriers. Yeah. And that's what he was playing with. We have to look like society wants us to look, and mm-hmm. it has to sound like it's supposed to sound, but it is all about something else. Yeah. And that is what I loved. And also, it wasn't. It wasn't about like. I want to say pandering to your audience. Yeah. It's just the assumption that your audience is smart. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have to worry about whether they get it or not. Yeah. If they get it, they then great. But I, you don't lower the level of the production to being like, well, I don't know if they're going to understand. Yeah. Like, no, you do it 
and you make them understand. I'd I'd say a modern day example of it because if if you know Chekhov is done right, that tension is so thick. Yeah, it's and you so can thick. you can feel it between two characters, no matter whether it's that kind of like sexual tension between mm-hmm. the, this man and this woman, or or whatever is happening in the scene. And I'd say like the modern equivalent to anybody that writes like that would be uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, that's interesting. Because that opening scene for his film um, *Inglorious Bastards* mm-hmm. has that moment where they're oh talking my God, about that opening. That to me is the whole movie. Yeah, that is the whole movie. If it, if it, it would have just ended there, it'd have been like this is a great short film. <laughs> yes, I mean, but, no, I really did like the whole movie. But yes, that to me it was so intense because they're talking about pouring a glass of milk. Mm-hmm. How's the weather? What's the cattle like? And you and you're like, this is all non sequitur. Yeah, this is obvious obvious filler. Yeah, and and you know you're watching this and you're like, I don't really understand. And when that camera pans down, mm-hmm. everything changes. Yeah, every all of that that was set up there had so much weight. It's also it has so much to do with that particular actor, and I can't believe. Well, I mean, of course, Christoph I can't Waltz. Believe, yeah, Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy is—he's hilarious. Also, oh, super funny, very, very funny. Just man and actor, and his his performance in um in God of Carnage. Which, yeah. oh, sorry, I think it's the film version is just Carnage. Yeah, was so funny, so so funny. Which but is a very absurd play Quentin, to begin with. It is true. Yeah, it is very interesting to think about Quentin Tarantino as a good writer. I don't, I don't know why I feel like it's just like, Oh, I mean, I think maybe just because on a personal level, he bothers me. <laughs> maybe, but you, there, there's, I know that he's has merit. And, yeah. You know, that he is good at what he does. But I think that a lot of times the writing in the dialogue in his scenes is all about saying something else that's yeah. not being said. And I love that because it's also something. And I would say Maybe because I've been watching the newsroom and you guys have been watching, um, uh, oh, come on, West Wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Aaron- I, this is my this is my fourth journey through that series. <laughs> this is Lexi's first. Yeah. It's really cool, again, to have someone experience something for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching her watch the show. Yeah. 100%. And, but... And just constantly telling her that people die that she loves and then she gets terrified and so stressed. Yeah, right. <laughs> just wait. But Aaron Sorkin writes uh, very uh, smartly to his audiences a lot of times. He, he never assumes that they're dumb, but I think mm-hmm. he writes more rhythmically, and I would maybe compare him to a more modern-day kind of Shakespeare, the way that his well, rhythm his works. words are just so important. Yeah. And so, like, I, I would almost say that that he is like a, like a, I mean, it's true, like, you think Shakespeare, but I, I feel like it's Shakespeare and Pinter and Mamet. You think about yeah. people who write very stylized, mm-hmm. where you have to say, I mean, they, they literally, Pinter coined a phrase, the Pinter pause. I mean, when he died, I got an email that said, Pinter, uh, wait for it, scroll, 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 died today. Like, that, <laughs> can you... <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I found out that Pinter died. Isn't oh, that ridiculous? I love that. And that was a long, long time ago. But he'd love that too. I know, well, that's the thing. Like, did he ask people to send this around in a chain? Is that where love it that. started? But I mean, you think like you have the Pinter pause, and then Mamet writes so conversational. Like he builds in these weird 
tangents, almost yeah. like the way that I talk all the time. I mean, he builds that into the script, and it's so stylized. And so Aaron Sorkin, I think, lends himself to that same thing where he he writes in a way that sounds very conversational, but it has to be at a certain speed. Yes. I mean, his actors talk about that all the time. They're like, yes, you have to like you have to remember how to perform this. Yes. It has to be. You know, we've talked about that before. Like a certain, when it's this number of words, it's always. Yes. You say it this many times. But it's 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 interesting to be watching um, his material uh and, and and like you said, very much like Chekhov, it, writing it very smartly to where all these other things are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there, there are these two characters that are kind of like in this will they won't they, but they've never like had the will they moment. They just keep like missing each other's signals and misreading. Yeah. And the way that they talk to one another while doing work lends itself to being like there is that tension. There is something mm-hmm. there, but. They're not saying it because it would be awkward. And, and it was, I don't know, just watching something like that just made me kind of like rethink and reframe in a lot of ways to the way that both Tarantino and like you were talking about with Chekhov, it just kind of like reminded me of, mm-hmm. of that and, and feeling that. I will say that one thing that, was, that is really awesome in, in Three Sisters is that, that like tea scene that I was talking about, you get on board with the affair in a way that's not okay. Like you, you become to think like, this is fun. Yeah. Like I'm enjoying this. I like this affair. That guy is lame. This should happen. She's too good for him anyway. He's just an idiot. And then at the end you're like, Oh, she's a horrible person. Yes. (laughs) And, but you realize, so in a way you experience the same thing that she experienced. Yeah. Of this is a great idea. This is fun. I should do this. I deserve it. I'm an idiot. What have I done? I didn't realize what I had. Like you go on that exact same journey. Yeah. I think amazing. that that's, that's such almost like a turning, turning the tropes on its head Yeah, because you kind of want her to end up with the adventurous guy. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is, this is an edgy situation. You're not really in love with this other person. But at the end of the day, it was like, I'm not really invested in this as much as you are, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, that thing that you had before. Good luck. <laughs> but I, I I love that that kind of takes the thing the, the 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 tropiness of it and just turns it on its head almost. Yeah, I mean I I um I am really excited just like in us having this conversation. I I have been thinking so much about theater in this nostalgic performance sort of way. I mean you know I teach yeah. a fine arts class and so that gives me a little bit of freedom as far as what I teach and so I've been teaching. Today, I started talking about comedy and I started talking about, in particular, vaudeville comedy. And I wanted to show some of the kids a like a modern interpretation of it, because when I talk to them about this, they just don't seem to get it. Yeah. And of course, like we haven't gotten into like the Buster Keaton stuff yet, but I wanted because yeah. his stunts are just so insane. Yeah. And I don't know how he lived. For some of that stuff, like, you know, the dropping no of the house. No rehearsal. But I no do know rehearsal. that when they did drop that house with where he's standing and the window falls right in the perfect spot and he never moves and they drop the entire front of the mm-hmm. house, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They nailed his feet yeah, to they, the floor. Yeah, they nailed his shoes down. So that he wouldn't move. <laughs> which is just... Anyway, um, but I was kind of talking to you about this earlier, but I was watching and, and looking back into Bill Irwin and... I, I don't think that you've ever seen his stuff before. Nuh-uh. And that is really exciting to me because 
you're going to do such an amazing deep dive on this man. Like it is, it is definitely all the stuff that we love, but what was great was that today it was so hard for me to teach it and not do it. Yeah. Like I was just having such, I, I realized today I was like, I don't know if I so much was a teacher as I was a performer. I was like, this is slapstick comedy. <laughs> Look at me hit the door. Whoops. Yeah. I didn't actually hit the door. <laughs> just, it was a lot of fun. But Bill Irwin is one of the most amazing physical comedy actors. I mean, he he like has this huge dance background, which is, you know, so much of that physical comedy is just such a knowledge of your body and yeah. how it moves and how you move in it. And he just, oh, man, I can't, I can't wait to show you all this stuff. I cannot wait to show you. So if you haven't watched Bill Irwin, he has this show on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing. I think it's all it's like 44 minutes long, mm-hmm. but it's called A New Theater by Bill Irwin, and it is absolutely hilarious. And they do some like talks about like the devices that he uses, and he's trying to develop this new theater, but he can't resist the urge to do like vaudeville tricks. Like yeah. a trampoline is signifies a device that the audience loves, but he's like, no, I want to do a new theater. He's like, but that's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a really good time but it is that new experience thing I mean I want you know when I moved back down here that was one of the things that I fell in love with that I wasn't expecting because mm-hmm. I honestly didn't think I was going to be here for more than six months I yeah. thought six months I'll go home I'll get to hang out with the family clear six my head to a year and then I'm heading back back into the you know to the front lines or whatever yeah and I, then I just couldn't leave. I just I fell in love with the being the person that delivers an a, a first time ex- theater experience yeah. to an actor. I just that to me is so awesome. You know, we I, I, it makes me think about um, when we were doing that show with Jeremy Shepard and the Foreigner, and he was oh, just yeah. backstage, and he just was staring at everybody's scenes and he was watching it and you could tell the whole time that he was just so like almost thankful to be there yeah and i mean true that was a great time that was a great show and it is so much fun um even though it's confusing because the bad guy is the grand wizard of the kkk and so you're like i don't know if this is okay yeah (laughs) very uncomfortable but i mean they're the bad guys so you're like okay i guess it's okay because they're the bad guys and we talk about how it's wrong, but it's still like, yeah. Ugh. Um, but Jeremy watching that from the wings and just having this, like, the entire show, amazing, watching the entire smile show. and and just like, I, I don't I don't know, like misty eyed, yeah. And then just talking about like how cool it is, yeah. And you you because I think you take for or at least I, I I'm not gonna speak for you, speak for myself, speak for me. I, I, I take it for granted. Uh, the thing is, just because I've been in it for so long, mm-hmm. that what we do is so special and so cool, and it delivers this, you know, experience unlike anything else in the world. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that anyone could ever prove that statement wrong for me. Yeah. Like I, I do think that it is one of the most important things. I've never met anyone who did a show and left it saying that was terrible. Experience. I'm never doing theater ever again. Yeah, I've I've never met like somebody. I'm now sure I've done a show where I was like, that was awful. I'm never doing this. <laughs> I'm never doing it. And then I start thinking about it. I'm like, well, it is really fun. 
Well, I you mean, have you have the wisdom of having the good experiences. That's true, but I mean, you there are times where I'm thinking like, man, this was not a great experience, but I know the next one's going to be great. And then I talk to somebody else who was in it the first time and they're like, wasn't this amazing? And you don't want to be the person that's going to like poo poo on them, you know, <laughs> yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah, no, this so was good. terrible. <laughs> but you want them to enjoy it because you want them to come back. Yes. And because you know that there's going to it's going to be better. Yeah. Because sometimes just the overall experience isn't as good as you want it to be. And that's that speaks to like. I don't want to rob you of the experience because mine differed from yours. Yeah. I, I, that, you, your experience is still valid. Yes. Just because I'm jaded and cynical doesn't mean that <laughs> yeah. I should pull you down to my level. I'm not going to yeah. drown you in the deep end of my, you know, negativity. Yeah. Which is a whole other, whole other thing. Well, that's kind of what we were talking about. Uh, uh, the last, you know, full episode that we had was starting things off. Like if you ever, st- you, you started something and you were like, all right, kind of like that Matthew McConaughey thing in his book was like, all right, I know this is going to suck. Just got to get through this. I just got to get through it. To get to the next thing or yeah. to get done with this so that I can do anything but this. Mm-hmm. I Like say I an 11 wonder- week rehearsal process. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's strange? So we did, we did Godspell and we did 11 weeks of a, of a rehearsal, which was a lot. Like a lot of weeks. Yes. Um, and uh, some would say too much. But, you know, when I think about the actual, this is this is where, where theater gets you. <laughs> because during that rehearsal process, I just remember thinking like, oh, my gosh, this is just so arduous. And yeah. I'm just exhausted. I don't, by the time we get to the show, I'm going to have absolutely nothing left to give. Mm-hmm. And then the show came and I was like, this is amazing, and yeah. I'm having a great time. But I will never do this show again. Yes, <laughs> and I love. I mean, I loved all the people in that show. I mean, we really and really, it's it's not fair because I got to do that show with my wife, and I got to do it with you, and it was just that part was amazing. Yeah, and I got to do it at a theater that we love, and it just it that, was basically hanging out with your friends every yeah, night, every single night for the most part, and then it it just think looking back on it now i'm like oh that was a great time and then yeah. i start be like oh wait but but <laughs> but don't forget there was 11 <laughs> weeks <laughs> weren't that weren't the best but you know that the performance of it and getting to see that the work yeah that we put into it really did pay off like and honestly like kind of shame i guess shame on me or shame on us for you know just the fact that a lot of times when I've been rehearsing a show, I've been like, man, I wish that I could just almost rehearse this forever. Yeah. And then we, by the time we get to the show, like how awesome, or I guess um, it's not luxurious, but how fortunate yeah. we were to be able to have an 11 week rehearsal process. Yeah. I mean, my God. And you think you have that much time to get it perfect. Yeah. And so then- maybe that was just kind of a shame on me for having that mindset that whole time. I mean, it was just... That's the, also the thing of having a full time job and doing theater. Yeah, kind of as, as a way by the of giving you... back to the community of yeah. being like, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, because you're tired. I mean, if that's what we had to do every day, that was your nine to five. Yeah, it would My be totally gosh. different. But, but if it, was... it took you eleven weeks, nine to five, Lord. <laughs> 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 well, like, we can do this entire show. We in 10 have a minutes. bunch of amateurs that we're trying to get. <laughs> To be professional, looking. we are ready. We're the replacement cast. 
but it was it, like kind of what you were saying right there is I went to the brewery uh, shortly after we had done that show and um, uh, Van and uh, some other people were kind of like sitting at a table and they were like, oh, my gosh, dude, that was so great. Like you guys made us cry and all this yeah. and that. And I was like, wow, kind of like what you were saying. Shame on me for for being like, I'm so glad to be done with this. It, yeah. yeah. And that's the second time I've said poo pooing. Poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> I've been teaching the children for too long. Look, man, there was an episode of SpongeBob, and I've watched maybe four SpongeBob episodes in my entire life. It's not my thing. Yeah. But there was one episode, and it's the best day ever episode where he sings, Best day yeah. ever. I like, to me, wow, grating on my nerves. Mm-hmm. But he was like, This is supposed to be the best day ever, and this day has been complete and utter. And I thought for the first time in my life, I'm going to hear a cartoon character say the word Curse. crap. Yeah. Crap. And he says, doo-doo. Lost my mind. <laughs> Wasn't on the spectrum. <laughs> so for many years, I would be like, oh, this is doo-doo. Yeah. Look at this doo-doo over here. So it's kind of like you. how I saw only ever five seconds of a Zack and Cody episode. And it had this guy from like... He was like an Indian prince or something that was living at the hotel that they were at, I guess. And the guy, he didn't want to be a prince anymore. And the guy was like, it's your duty. It's your duty. You have to do it. It's your duty. And he said, my duty stinks. And I lost. I was like, that is hilarious. <laughs> but it wasn't like a laugh line. It yeah. just made me laugh. And so, so long, I just would say things. I would say, my duty stinks. <laughs> You, you you pick up stuff like that and no one knows why you're saying it and no laughing knows. at it. And I honestly don't have the context of that show to explain it because I only saw like five <laughs> seconds of it. I saw that made me laugh. And I was like, that's all I ever need to see of this of this show. Yeah. Um. Oh, but. I, uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> Lost your train of knows? thought. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I went there. But yeah, I, I think that maybe we shouldn't be a pro and and. Uh, Yes, shame on us because we have the opportunity to perform. We should always be know, thankful grateful. and grateful, especially now. Oh, my God, um, I know. Because I would give anything to go back to 11-week rehearsals. Yeah. I mean, and it's also the... Complaining about tapping. Yeah. Well, that was one thing about Bill Irwin. I I listened to a um, an interview with him in it, and he was talking about the element of surprise. And I started thinking about that. As, as like, you know, like comedy, like what is it about comedy? Like, why do people laugh? And I was kind of having this discovery in front of the children, honestly. Yeah. And I normally I carry around like I have a dowel rod, like a stick mm-hmm. <laughs> I carry around. And I um like, I don't know, it's probably nervous habit stuff from like stage combat or whatever it is. But I'm just like constantly twirling it. And then I like use it to gesticulate and like stuff on the board. Yeah. And, when kids aren't wearing masks, I like, you know, pick the mask up slowly and pull it up. I see how close I can get. And then they're like, oh, it's made it a lot easier because I just don't <laughs> think I can say put your mask on again. Yeah. Like I just even saying it right then, I just feel like my jaw got tense. But um, so I was carrying that stick around. And I started thinking, I said, you know, so I was talking to him about it. I said, what makes this is this stick funny? And they're like, I don't know. Like, no, it's a stick. I was like, that's right, but can I make the stick funny? And what would make it funny? And what made me realize it was like the way that you make something funny in comedy 
is that you like embody the thing or, or yeah. imbue the thing with with life. Yeah. So it's like so what if the stick is trying to do something and then I'm surprised by it? That is funny. Even though I'm controlling it, but I have to be surprised by it. So I yeah. kept like acting like the stick was trying to fly away and I would catch it. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd act surprised and the kids would erupt with laughter, I was like, oh my God. I just stumbled across something that other people have known for a very long time. <laughs> and I just <laughs> just we discovered it because Bill Irwin had that whole thing in his series where or that show where he would get sucked into the main curtain like one foot he would get too close and that foot would get pulled into the curtain mm. and he would slide like full body slides he's so good and he would slide into the curtain and then he would be like aware like oh be aware of that curtain and he would get close to it and it was almost like that dramatic irony like he the the audience knew he would get yeah. close to it and then he would notice and he'd like wag his finger at it and try to get away like oh whoa whoa can't be close to that and then the audience would erupt with laughter and so really he only had to do the gag like twice yeah and then it was fine and then he, of course he also did the thing where you trip on one spot yeah over and over again and then the one time you're like wait a minute the character realizes it steps over it victorious falls on his face yeah <laughs> trips again it just it's just very i i don't know i just that element of surprise i started thinking about that and i was like man i just want to do a show now and then i saw this coat there was this like coat thing that he did and i thought about this coat trick and i was like man i want to do this like where when is the next show that we can do that chris and i could do this coat trick this would be so <laughs> funny and then i thought man this is a missed opportunity we could have had these coats for you know, for Godspell, we did that tap dance. It would have been so funny to have to really get yeah. dressed and then accidentally put on each other's coat when thinking that we were helping the other person put the coat on. I was like, why? I like, it's I very really Laurel need, and Hardy thing. I know. I need a show. <laughs> like, I'm going crazy. <laughs> I'm using my teaching gig to perform. This is ridiculous. I can't keep doing this. You know, you're speaking about that Dowrod thing and, you know, can we make something funny? I don't know if you actually know the story of how Rowan Atkinson, the guy who plays Mr. Bean, Got his start as Mr. Bean. Oh, I do, but I would love for you to tell me. The he he was like going to this open mic night thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and he like had this piece of paper, and I don't I can't remember if it was and maybe you can correct me on this or someone can fact check me on it. It was either someone had done something that he was going to do, or he <laughs> is that she playing with the piece of paper now, <laughs> or he was he he had just like made his mind up like I want to see if I can make this piece of paper funny. Well, he went in and he didn't have a clue what he was gonna do. Oh, okay. And yeah. he was standing there and he was like, "What am I gonna do?" And he had the paper in his hand. I think that was it was the paper to like get him on stage or something that he filled out. And he was like, "How long? Yeah, can I do something with this piece of paper?" Like how many faces can I make with the piece of paper? And what he did was he endowed that paper with this life. Yeah. And that's what gave and rise. Made it interesting. Yes. Why is that paper making that guy do like what is on that paper? You it, you all of a sudden you became you become so interested in the minutia of the of yes. the details. Every little thing that he does and that's what Mr. Bean is all based around is little bitty things. I mean, I wish that I had like an ounce of Rowan Atkinson's ability or yeah. Bill Irwin. I mean, my gosh, just to be able to to do those things. I mean, just Rowan Atkins's face. Yes. I would have loved to have seen he played Fagan in Oliver at the West End, and I would have loved to have seen oh, him yeah. do that role. I think that would have been so awesome. He also did he 
um, what is the, he was in a series where he was like Shakespeare or something. He was Shakespeare, or so, like it was something like that. Like he was, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I cannot remember the name of this series. He's like a royal person. I think he's Shakespeare. Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to look this up. This is gonna drive me nuts. <laughs> I don't have my phone. What is wrong with me? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that but, wasn't meant to be funny. That was just re- really me. What what I do love is that he he really and and in most things that I've seen him in, I love that he can kind of become that chameleon where he can play something like Vegan and and be just so immersed in it and he can have that versatility and you're like I'm completely enthralled that he can do something so out of the box of what he normally does, right? Black Adder is the name. Never heard of it. It is so, so funny. It's like he's Shakespeare from what I, I remember. Yeah. Like they have, I know they have like a Scottish play episode. Well, you should watch Black Adder. I think there, like I know there's, there's like a whole McBee thing that they do on one of their Halloweens. It's very, very funny. Well, you're batting about fifty percent right now because you told me to watch. Um, Sorry, the 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 guys that did the um, West End uh, play that goes wrong show. Yeah, the the show that goes wrong. But then you also made me watch Love Is Blind. Yeah, but did you? You watched that whole thing. It's didn't not you? important. You watched the it's whole thing. It's not important if and it's, even did though I you enjoy watched, it. I well, I don't know if I enjoyed it, but I watched. That was some good entertainment. The experience watched, afterwards was just like th- I'm I watched not that happy. whole thing just to get irritated at that one girl, Jessica. And, yes, and then to watch her like let her golden retriever drink out of her wine glass. <laughs> Like what is it was literally it was at the very beginning of the pandemic, by the way, because that yes. show aired a year ago. Yeah. And we watched that at the start of the pandemic. That's crazy to think that we've been in this a year. Almost a year. Yeah, it was March fifteenth was our last day of school. And I think we had a podcast not too long ago where I was like, It's been a year since the pandemic. I was I don't know what was going through my brain. That was not true. <laughs> it feels it was, like it's been about it two, It was though. the year since something, but I can't remember why I said it was the pandemic. But it is, yeah, we're close. It's March, like March 15th, I think, is whenever they were like, hey, we're not coming back to school. Stay home. Mm. The uh, I know that at first. Because it was the second, that's right, because it was the second week, because uh, the first weekend of March was my kids' school show. And a week after that, we were sent home. Mm-hmm. I will say, after being trapped in my house for almost a week straight, and even in the days that I did have power, heat, electricity, all the the, the amenities of you know being mm-hmm. privileged, being trapped in your house, I feel so sorry for anybody that's had to like be stuck for like quarantine. The New York people and the Los Angeles people out there that are. Yeah. Like if you if like if you travel to a new country and you have to be stuck for fourteen days in a hotel room or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, that's like um, my friend Sharice Hamilton. She is so talented. Oh my gosh, this girl is so amazing. That she can she is funny, 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 and can sing like nobody's business. And she actually like she's one of my one of the reasons why I enjoy being on Facebook is yeah. because she will post videos of her like 
singing ridiculous things to, you know, whatever she finds in her apartment, like a jar of pickles. Yeah. And the experience that she had of buying it. But she'll sing it like uh, an old gospel hymn, and it is one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> and um, But she is in Come From Away in Sydney, Australia. Mm-hmm. And she's a Chicago-based actor, and she she just went... I think she had done the tour, and then the pandemic happened, she came home. Mm. And then... They, you know, Australia has essentially eradicated the virus. Yeah. Um, and so sh- they opened the show back and she got to go back. So she goes back and they quarantined her in the hotel for two weeks. And she was texting a friend and they were like, hey, I'm in Australia. She's like, oh, my God, I am in Australia, too. I'm quarantined in this hotel. I'm like, what hotel are you at? And they were <laughs> they were like. A fl- they were a floor away from each wow. other in the same hotel. Isn't that wild? That's awesome. But um, anyways, but sh- they quarantined her for two weeks, and she had to have like two negative COVID tests to be able to start the show. Yeah. But man, wh- I read that, and immediately I was so envious of her. Not because of all the reasons I should be envious of her, that she's so funny and that she's a great singer, and, you know, I it was that, she was getting to do theater again. Yeah. I mean, like she's doing, she's doing eight shows a week yeah. right now in, in Sydney. That's awesome. And we're <laughs> thinking, I don't know, can we have this four person acting class? That might be a little much. <laughs> right. The, uh, the other thing that I, I, I wanted to say is that I feel incredibly uh, empathetic to those people in Texas. Oh my Gosh, man, I just, you think about, I mean, you experienced it way worse than I mean, we did. I mean, I, I had a no, generator I and we I, were able I, to. 27 hours, I our, went without power. I, I can say that I was very lucky, very privileged, and very fortunate to have friends like you and Corey and everybody else who checked in on me. But you think we're, out there, we're talking a week. What, what friends, what friends yeah, can you check could go in nowhere. on everybody's in the same situation? Yes. So I, I just, I, my heart goes out to all of those people that were stuck out there. Well, and it's just, it kind of feels Fighting like anywhere for insult warmth. to injury in a way because you're already, everybody is already stretched so thin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think about our local businesses here, and I know that we didn't have it as bad as Texas, but of course I'm going to think locally. Yeah. And I just, like I know, uh, I, I mean, like our, our, our friend Amanda, I'll just talk about it. I'm yeah. Hope, but... She posted some pictures. She had sent us some pictures in a text of the shop. And, you know, she just renovated the shop this Mm -hmm. year. It's looking great. I mean, she's doing all these amazing things in this business downtown where there's not a lot of businesses downtown. Yeah. And doing such a good job. And then you, you think, like, no matter what, you do things for the right reasons. I think that's what it is. You see people doing things for the right reasons and they're passionate about something, and you want them to succeed, and they're good people. Yeah. And it just seems like sometimes that they're just constantly being pushed down. Yeah. And it's like, when is when does the break happen? Mm-hmm. When do they catch a break? And sure that there are breaks there, but it's hard to focus on that, yeah. especially when like your ceiling collapses over all the things you just renovated. Yeah. And spent thousands of dollars on, you know, and, and then you can't open... Because if you could, I mean, like she has a side of the shop that five five people could be in there. Yeah. And that's counting one barista. So you got four people. Mm-hmm. 
Like, how are you going to? And then there's a boil advisory, so you can't even serve coffee. Yep. Because you, your brewer isn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't get up to boiling. So I, I just, it just feels like what, what I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't yeah. know what the answer is. I just, I hope that the people that can will support those people in yeah. ways. I mean, I know that. And that's like the gift card thing. Like I know Lexi and I bought some gift cards from Amanda shop and sent them to people, which is something that you can do. Like you can go onto Tampa grinds website and you can buy gift cards and send it to people's email, which is yeah. a really cool thing to do. I mean, like it's, it's neat to be able to send something like that to a friend. Just be like, Hey, here's a cup of coffee in the future. And, and it you can them. order, you can make your order online and you and can go there and, get and your pick order. it up. Yeah. yeah. And so just the to fact anyone that that's that is, like looking for a way to help. Exactly. And there are other places that that's an option too. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, um, Tam and grind of course is something that's near and dear to my heart. I mean, Amanda's my oldest friend. She's my oldest friend. She's like yeah. a sister to me. And so I just, I just like want, you've been friends with her the longest. Let's yeah, establish. Yes. I've been friends with her. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do inside jokes. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know how hard it is to have a podcast where you don't just constantly do inside jokes. But you know how hard it is to listen to a podcast with two guys that just do inside jokes. Yes. It's so hard to resist that. Oh, man. Mm hmm. But man, I've listened to so many podcasts where they just do inside jokes. When all it's time. inside like, jokes, I don't, I'm not in. I'm not in on the jokes. So why do I? Why yeah, am I listening it's to like this? I'm not going to your backlog to listen to all of the to maybe get let into this club of yeah, yeah no. So yes, she is. I've been friends with her the longest, and but she is like a member of my family in a mm-hmm. way that I, the way that I feel. So I just I want her to succeed, and you know when when she's when she's hurting, I feel like that I'm also hurting. Yeah. I, mean, I feel bad and I want people to support her business. Yeah. It's the same way with, she's like always the happiest person in any room she's in. She's just such a, a joy. Yeah. And you want people like that to succeed because yes. they're doing it for the right reasons. You know, she's actually passionate about coffee and about like making an experience in a, in an environment for people much like we are with theater. Yeah. I want people to come into the theater and to, feel like that they're in a safe place and that they're home. She yeah. does the same thing with her shop. And for a lot of people, that is a one of the few places that they feel like in town that they've been accepted. And that is such an amazing gift to give yes. to people. But it's not for free. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. Well, it's like you said last week. Sometimes the best way that you can help people and support them is is financially. And I think in this situation, for sure, it is you know, try try to give them your business. Try to give yeah. her your business. And all of the local businesses that were affected, I would say, mm-hmm. I think are definitely more important than, you know, just like the convenience of going to another place, right? Well, you know, I I, I will say this. When I first moved to the to Chicago, it wasn't like where we lived, I could not easily get to a supermarket. Yeah. And I had to change because it is a very mom and pop town still. Mm-hmm. And so I had to change the way that I shopped and I had to think like, okay, this is the place that I go and I get bread and this is the place that I go whenever I need, you know, other things. Yeah. And instead of just thinking like, oh, I only go to one spot and I stay in that one spot and I get everything that I need. Yeah. And in a way it, it wasn't that it 
was more difficult. It really wasn't. I probably spent the exact same amount of time. I had more purchases, but it was kind of Hello, cool. Cody. This is your credit card company calling to <laughs> verify the last 20 charges you've yeah. had today. It was like, well, I'm sorry. I went shopping. <laughs> 20 charges. I didn't have that much money. Are you kidding me? Three charges. I bought bread and ham I and bought cheese. stale bread for a dollar <laughs> from the bakery. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I stole this meal from Whole Foods. I don't understand how I did it, but I was a little apologize. I ran. I walked around and had samples all day. All day long. Um, I definitely stole parking from them so many times. So thank you, Whole Foods. Um, but I will say that this pandemic kind of made me think about that time again because I've now, re- and I think Lexi's done the same. We've had this conversation. We've kind of retooled the way that we think about shopping. Yeah. Like, we don't want to go to Walmart. No. I mean, they're going to be fine. Yeah, they will survive. But you know, like, how much just, like, a $5 purchase means to a small business? Yeah. Is huge. I mean, it's huge. It's like, that's a light bill. You know, yep. that's that's your that's your mortgage. That's so many things, especially for people who have a brick-and-mortar building. It's just a big, big deal. And I think that we take that for granted because we're surrounded so much by big business by yeah. these big corporations and you don't think about the fact that like you know these little uh like boutique stores that are in alexandria or even here in marksville now which is awesome that there are now some smaller shops here in our smaller community that they also like you know maybe you go there and buy a candle yeah or you know some flowers or a present for somebody or you know laundry detergent even mm-hmm. i mean like these are things that you can do and they're not that much more expensive. Yeah. But you're also keeping that money in your community. Yep. And you're supporting your your friends and your neighbors. And that, to me, is way more important than giving money to the Waltons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, the stockholders. Yeah, it is more the stockholders. Yeah. I, the Waltons passed away quite a yeah, while Sam, ago. Yeah, Sam Walton. They definitely have their name on literally everything in Arkansas, though. Yeah. Well, that's their, like headquarters and everything yeah that was growing up with family in arkansas everywhere we went it was like oh look the walton performing arts center in fayetteville arkansas that's awesome you know that's something that i've heard that every walmart within 100 miles of where their corporate headquarters are right there in in arkansas Mm -hmm. or yeah it is arkansas right yeah Yeah. uh they're all immaculate yeah they're very very nice the shelves are stocked very nice everyone's like Hello, sir. Welcome to Walmart. It's just kind of like you? how in Oklahoma City, Sonic, Sonic's hub is there. <laughs> and there yeah. are so many Sonics there, and they're all so nice. What are the odds you and I could be the new Sonic guys? I have watched one of the Sonic guys in an improv before. And? And he was, he was pretty funny. Okay. I mean, they mostly made fun of him the entire time for being the Sonic guy. Okay. During the <laughs> and it was also a very strange. It was at Improv Olympic, and it was at like twelve thirty at night. And I don't really understand how it all happened, but it was very, very funny. Yes. They were doing long form improv, and he was a part of it. I don't know if he was just visiting, and it was just kind of like a hey, why don't you do this? Wouldn't this be fun? Yeah. But they just kept making fun of it, being like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you don't want this. You don't want to. You want. You don't want to try any harder because you got that Sonic money." <laughs> But we're all trying over here. I love that. Um, so I I will say, uh, as we're getting close to time here, um, one last note I have for if you have to go oh solo again is 
know when to pull the shoot, man. <laughs> what are you talking? I went for too long. Did no, I, no. Did you I were wait? like, I, I think I'll tell a joke. I no, I'm not going to tell it. I I don't. I was like, <laughs> what is he doing? He's floundering. He's floundering on the exit. I could, you don't understand. You haven't done it by yourself. You have no idea. Shame on you. You know what? You get the next update. The next one is you. I don't care if we have to just send you home with a microphone, a just in case microphone. You have the equipment. You get. That's what I'm saying. If we have to send you with a just in case microphone, you got to do it on your phone. It's all you. I think most people would agree that. It's it's really your bassy tones that people are here for. No, that's definitely not <laughs> she what pulled it the is. mic straight to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really sad is that I said that about the joke. I didn't have a joke. I didn't have anything. Yeah, I know. I was just like, I'm gonna postpone this for a week and then I'll be fine. I still don't have a joke. This is this is what I thought you were doing. You were doing that thing where, okay, these two guys go to the No, I'll save that. I was like <laughs> That's his joke. That's his joke. He thought that was so funny. I ended it and was like, I'm not re-recording that whole 10 minutes. My gosh. I'm not thought, doing that again. That's his third take when you said that earlier. I was like, eh, okay. All right. Yeah. That was that was number three. <laughs> I don't I didn't make it a full I actually was surprised that it was 10 minutes. Cause I pretty sure I trailed off there somewhere in the middle of it. I don't I don't I don't know. I'd have to listen to it again. Um but I, I I will say that um, at least I, I ended it. <laughs> but the first two, I only made it like two minutes in, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Like, and you just, already know, like, no. Nah. I was like, we're going to start this over. That was weird. Like, one time I opened it, I was like, hello. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Can I? Oh, man, you probably don't have those. I was like, you my, like, third take, I started, I started it, and I was going, I'm all by myself. I don't want to be. I sing that. I was like, I can't do that one either. I was like, that's only funny to me. You gave a very, very heartfelt, and you said some very kind things to, to, to me. And I do want to say that I. Appreciate I mean, I didn't was... know if I was going to die or not. To be honest, I didn't know if either of us would pass away, and this would be the last thing. I didn't want to. You know, Next week's episode. Talk about how much of a, a jerk you were. So here's the deal. <laughs> Chris died. So in reality, he froze to death. He froze to death, and those things that I said was a just in he cases. He would never. <laughs> Turns out I was right, but now that he can't hear it, we're going to tell you the real truth. Uh, he the is true kind of Hollywood jerk. story of yeah. Chris McDoeswell. <laughs> Sorry, McDoeswell. It doesn't Christophanopoulos. matter. McDidwell. It's past tense now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you have a joke this week for us? I'd already told you I didn't have anything. I never have a I never have an actual joke. Oh. Uh that's like the joke thing has never been my thing. I've, I've like my my mother gave me a Marvin what is this What is that guy's name? I thought you were about to say Marvin Gaye Gay, joke. Yeah, book. no. It was somebody else. She gave me this like old comedian like like a dean martin style comedian that just had one-liners like a, yeah. an, an anthology of all of his jokes and i remember being in high school and thinking i'm gonna memorize all of these jokes and be hilarious but they were all old guy jokes none of it worked <laughs> so i'd be like well you know you know what it's like when you wake up at two in the morning and you've peed already 12 times and i was like what am i doing here it's like i get no respect you know it's like like I'm that dude walking around in suspenders in high school. I believe that. I didn't wear suspenders. You did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't you uh why don't you end it because I began it. Okay. 
Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I began the last one and I ended the last okay. one. Okay, all right. Well, everyone, this uh, this has been another production of a full cast for Scene Partners. Aww. <laughs> that was Cody. And that is Christophanopoulos. Yeah.